Hi everyone, I'm Jim. I'm an alcoholic. Getting texts from Pittsburgh. Scott. Uh-huh. Just couldn't stay away. I brought some jokes up here, but you guys are pretty funny. <laughs> and one of them says, if you're an alcoholic, instant gratification takes too long. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'll have to call my sponsor. <laughs> so that's all you get for those. 10, 11, and 12, and then I, um, I turn it over to the smart one. <laughs> you know, I worked in a shop all my life. I never, ever thought I'd be up here speaking in front of people. You know? <laughs> Unless it's at a union meeting and I'm yelling. <laughs> Tradition 10. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. There's a lot on Tradition 10. It says here that we think the future safety of Alcoholics Anonymous greatly depends upon Tradition 10. AA's principle of no controversy at the public level. This tradition reads as follows. Alcoholic, I read it. Since it began, Alcoholics Anonymous has never been divided by a major controversial issue. Our fellowship never has taken sides publicly on any question in this embattled world. This has been no earned virtue. It could almost be said that we were born with it, for as one old-timer recently declared, practically never have I heard a heated religious, political, or form argument among AA members. So long as we don't argue these matters privately, it's a cinch we never shall argue them publicly. And this passage that I find is probably my favorite. There are those who predict that Alcoholics Anonymous may well become a new spearhead for spiritual awakening throughout the world. When our friends say these things, they are both generous and sincere. But we of AA must reflect that such a tribute and such a prophecy could well prove to be a heady drink for most of us. That is, if we really come to believe this to be the real purpose of AA. And if we commenced to behave accordingly, our society therefore will prudently cleave to its single purpose, the carrying of the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Let us resist the proud assumption that since God has enabled us to do well in one area, we are destined to be a channel of saving grace for everybody. That's a very powerful statement. Uh, I know um, over the years, uh, I, I, my, tr my uh, arguments were uh, with the traditions. Um, I used to, uh, Tradition 10 a lot um, because people would try to do things like sell stuff in here or, or um, um, I got angry when we started holding hands because, uh, in fact, I remember in the meeting, He'd all get up to hold hands, and I would just sit there. And I did that for a whole year. Nobody joined me. <laughs> you guys are rotten. Um, I didn't want to have anything to do with, uh, even though I was I was twelve stepping for the Catholic diocese. I didn't have, uh, uh, you know, the priest. They used to call the, have me pick up the priests and take them to meetings, and. Uh, um, I got out of there when they started telling me how to vote because I didn't want, there was a conflict there between me and, and, and what they wanted me to do. I'm here for Alcoholics Anonymous. It, it's for uh, staying sober. That's it. I don't know, I'm not smart enough. I don't know psychology. I don't, I don't know religion all that well. I don't know the Bible all that well. And, and I think the, one of the best lines I've ever heard is that Alcoholics Anonymous is enough. 
for this alcoholic. I love that. I love it. And a lot of times people try to pull you in different directions. And so it's best, this statement itself says no opinion on outside issues. No matter how they try to drag you in, all I ever say is it's an outside issue. I love that. I love that line. It saved my butt a lot. Because, you know, people love to argue. People like to be... Um, people like to win. And they like to have an ally whenever there's an argument. And so they try to drag factions in. And next thing you know, you're splitting up the meeting. Next thing you know, you're all arguing about something really stupid. So, if you can just say, you know, it's just an outside issue. You know, in AA, we're Elkies. Pretty simple. You know, and AA is enough. It has to be. You know, for me. There are people who do go outside of AA. That's fine. I don't. But that's fine with you. If that's what you need, then go. You know, just don't tell me I need it when I don't, you know. Um, it's, it's nice to be neutral. It's nice not having, having to win an argument. It's nice to just say, that's okay. You know, I've been married 45 years, so I know how to back out of an argument. <laughs> Did I say that, 45? Uh-oh, I think 46. So, we can't use Alcoholics Anonymous to promote our own agendas. We have to step aside and say, what's our primary purpose? We always have to refer back to it, you know. And um, there, are, uh, there are things that we do that aren't AA, like a lot of the girls are going on retreat. That's okay. That's their thing. That's outside. That's outside of AA. They talk about spiritual matters. The men do the same thing. They have retreats. Uh, we have conferences, and we have all those things. We have a club, um, but that's all outside issues. In AA, while we're here, if you're a drunk and you got a problem, I'm your man. I know. I've been there. Done it. Seen it. I have, probably have a coupon. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> So it's, it's, and like it says, it saves us from ourselves, you know? We have to, we have to be very careful, you know? Uh, I like the fact that uh, uh, we don't, you know, I used to sit at the bar and I, and, and I would watch TV and there'd be some politician or somebody up there and, and then that guy next to me and we're sitting there arguing and you know, and we're drinking and we're getting, and, and I don't want that same atmosphere in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, you can have that real easy, you know. Um, and, and, and it always ended up badly, you know. Took the joy out of life. I like when we come in here and we're, how are you doing? How's your family? I always ran AA meetings and I told them, I had a, I had a girl or I had a son. I got a better job. I went to school. These are the things that I'm interested in. You know, the progression of getting well. You know, and, and uh, you know, and it, it was my outlet. I didn't even run to my, my own family. I ran here and I told you guys because you were the guys who were responsible for my sobriety and my new life, you know. And, uh, and it's very important. So that's on tradition 10, since it's my last day. I might, might go a little short. <laughs> okay. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Attraction rather than promotion. You don't see AA um, um, on 
you know, on billboards and stuff like that, or on on TV, saying if you got, you know, give me a call. Uh, if you got a drinking problem, we don't push it, you know, on people. If you want what we have and you're willing to go to any lengths to get it, we're here. You know, none of us speaks for AA. You know, we can only share our experience, strength, and hope with a new person who comes into the room. If you like what we have to say, stick around. If you don't like we, what we have to say, go do what you want to do. We don't control anybody or anything. But we know what works for us. We're like-minded. And so it's attraction rather than promotion. If I would have came into Alcoholics Anonymous and you guys were all a bunch of losers, <sighs> I'll, be, I'll be nice. <laughs> if you were all a bunch of losers, I wouldn't have stayed. If you were the, the typical trench coat guy sitting in a circle, uh, um, smelling and, and doing all kinds of things and that I didn't feel, you know, I wouldn't stick around. But I saw people in here that were um, bankers. I saw, I saw uh, people in here who worked in shops who were successful. I saw people who, who uh, went to school and people who were doing things with their lives. And that was attraction to me. You know, that, that's why I kept coming back. You know, personal, working personally on myself through the steps was a different thing. But attracting me was you guys laughing and smiling and, 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 and bullshitting each other. I shouldn't have said that, excuse me. But, you know, I swore more on this stupid thing than I have. <laughs> I, I worked with kids for a lot of years and I swore I wasn't going to swear. And if I did swear, they would say, Mr. Jim. <laughs> So I have to be very careful. But that attraction uh, is so important, you know. Um, I, uh, there are people in AA that I don't put on a pedestal, but I admire their way of life. I admire their fortitude. I admire their honesty. I admire the way they carry themselves, and that's attractive to me. I was a loser when I got here. You know, I was breaking into your homes and stealing cars and. And, uh, you know, the police and I were very uh, well acquainted. And um, it wasn't, that was no way to live. You were always in fear. And then I came in here and you guys, I remember, I think it was three or four months after I was in here, I laughed out loud at a meeting. And it shocked me. And that was so important. And it was, I started to realize what was important in life and what wasn't. I started seeing life through, uh, as a small child would see it, the wonderment of it all. That there were good people in the world. The neighborhood I came from was not very good. You know, there were fires and cops and fighting and it was horrific. But then when I got here and I, and, and, and you guys were, were enjoying life and man, you invited me over to your house and, and you invited me to, uh, for, for f food and stuff like that and we played cards and we did things and, and I thought, wow, that's what's really important. It's not that I can quote the big book. It's not that I know the steps heart by heart. It's not that I know what's important is that I get to share my life, my family with you and you're all part of my family. I was talking to Marianne before the meeting, and the guy I sponsor asked me to, to uh, marry him. And so I had to go to get this thing and, and, and uh, get a, become a preacher. Now, now TJ won't let me live it down. <laughs> but that's how we pick on each other. That's what's so important. You know, and I'll be happy to do that. And it will be a wonderful experience. We had our home group meeting uh, uh, anniversary yesterday. And uh, it, was, it was a really good time. You know, and, and, and to a home group member, they came in. They heard us laughing. They heard us sharing. And that's what the attraction was. That's what kept them coming back. You know, maybe they left that meeting and they went home where the hell was but they look forward to coming back here where it was better. 
you know, and I remember those days. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to have to uh, go through that again. I had to tell my dad that he was not allowed to see his grandchildren. And he said, why? I said, because I don't want him to go through that alcoholic uh, experience that I had with you. And he said, I'll get sober. And I said, when you get sober, you can see your grandchildren. And he died. He could not get sober. Alcohol was more important to him. His alcoholism had control of him more than his love for his grandchildren. And my grandchildren never had to suffer under his alcoholism. And that was a, a very hard thing to do. But I learned that here from you. We don't, we don't put other people uh, in, into suffering. Only because we want to have appearances. You know, my children both grew up. I have, my, my son has children of his own. And uh, I enjoy spending time with him and, and his kids and my daughters. Um, she's, she's, she's wonderful. Uh, her and her husband. And, um, you know, every, there was no one in our family that ever had a degree in all of our years. No one. And now, now in our family, everybody has a degree but me. But they all come to me when I have a problem. Because they know, like my sister said to me, you're in that AA, you can't lie, so tell me. <laughs> she wasn't in the program, but she was attracted to the program. And the outside world is the same way. They're attracted to what we have. They are attracted to our, our next topic, our anonymity. They're attracted to our honesty. They're attracted to our love. There's so much love in here. It's, it busts out a lot. It's crazy. Um, we're all concerned about each other. And uh, so when I read that part about we can't become a new movement. We already are. You see us everywhere. The sayings in Alcoholics Anonymous that have been around for years are now in commercials. They're in movies. They do, they do all kinds of stuff with it. And we have never promoted that. It just happens. They want part of this spiritual movement. And that's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. We must be doing something right. You know, we must be doing it right. Okay. That's the 11th tradition. Uh, part of the 11th, I didn't finish a few things here, but alcoholics who have recovered through our program are themselves the strongest attraction that AA has. When people are asked what led them to seek AA help, the answer given most often is an AA member. Their chances would have been slim if all of us had remained completely in hiding. Uh, Bill Wilson talked about that. Uh, but many of us have chosen to tell our friends, neighbors, employers, co-workers, doctors, or spiritual advisors that we are in AA. Every time I see my doctor, I see him twice a year. First question he says, did you drink today? And I say no, and then he goes, you're lying. Nobody can stay sober as long as you. And I said, it's true. You can ask my wife. <laughs> After two years of that, he started telling me about his mom's alcoholism. And so now when we have, when I see my doctor, we have these little meetings. It's really cool. And... Uh, and, and, and he asked me, you know, are alcoholics indifferent? Can't they love their children? And that was a general conversation. And that's where it started. Suppose a sick alcoholic never has the good fortune to meet an AA. How is such a person going to find us? The search will be difficult if the local group thinks it should be anon anonymous too. The tradition is talking about personal anonymity. That's the second part of that tradition. 
Remember, alcoholics will not be attracted to AA if they don't know that it exists or if they have distorted unfavorable impressions of its members or its programs, which is true. You walk into an AA meeting, and I, I, I uh, elaborated on this about the Florida meeting I went to, but if you walk into an AA meeting and nobody pays any attention to you, um, it's, it's up to us to see that. If somebody new walks in, you know, and, and I think it's God-directed because we kind of, it's like, there's a new guy, <laughs> you know. And I think uh, when I came into AA, it was so important that people came up and shook my hand and said, welcome. You know, uh, they have that sign at the club, you're not alone anymore, you know, and, and that's important. You know, we don't want to be alone. We think we do sometimes, but we really don't. We want to share our lives with people. Given the general public, an accurate picture of AA is the chief, the chief job of our public information committees. In addition, they often carry the message to certain groups, from police officers to personnel directors whose work includes contact with alcoholics, active alcoholics. We have communicated and, and we have talked to uh, uh, different agencies. I know our home group has talked to, uh, sometimes the van comes to our home group and, and uh, there'll be so many of them we can't handle them so we've had to have a spokesperson for our home group said you can come just don't bring so many you know so that we can actually sit down and take the time to talk to them and we have that right because it's our home group you know and, and if you want to break it up different weeks go ahead but we have the opportunity to say that you know if someone's getting crazy in a group you know we get a couple of the bigger guys who like to fight maybe they're still new <laughs> and we say can you please escort them out and we've done that before and I, and I elaborated on that guy I brought to a meeting and and uh, started leading at the podium <laughs> but he was escorted out by two of Mill Creek's finest so um, your home group's important this is our safe place we come here this is so safe for us you know, this is what we do. I don't, pro you know, to profess to think that I know everything. I can only tell you what I've seen and what I've heard over the years. And um, uh, the best meetings are usually the ones you feel the safest at. You know, you walk in and, and you, you're immediately, people shake your hand and they're cordial and, and they tell you it's nice to see you. So we, as, as old timers, we have to keep remembering that. We have to keep telling ourselves that, hey, we were, remember when, when I walked in, you know, and, and they said that to me. So, now I'm done with that one. Twelfth tradition, anonymity is the spiritual, spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Therefore, it should be the privilege of each AA to cloak himself with as much personal anonymity as he desires. His fellow AA should respect his wishes and help guard whatever status he wants to assume. We cannot tell anyone what their anonymity status can be. That's up to them. Now, it also talks about the group's anonymity um, and most of it's at the public level we can't be strangers to ourselves my name's Jim Britton I'm an alcoholic now I don't go out on State Street and say that you know I don't stand in front of a television set and say that you know that's our television whatever um, but what I do, what I do is I, I've done my best 12 step work because I'm anonymous. People at work, no one knew I was in the program. It was none of their business. You can tell that to the outside world, it's none of your business. But they would come to me and they would tell me problems for some unknown reason 
my wife always says, what is with you? You're like a magnet. It's happened to me in different countries. It happened in the Vatican. Where people walked up to me and just started telling me about their spiritual life. A woman in Cleveland told me, uh, I, uh, for some god-awful unknown reason, I just ran, reached out and grabbed her hand and said, are you a friend of Bill's? And she collapsed. She hadn't been to a meeting in nine years because she had fear in her life. And all these things started happening, not because I was out there promoting myself. God takes care of that. This is a spiritual program. He sends you people whether you want it or not. And so many times I've looked up and I said, nice, thanks a lot. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I know where it comes from. I know where it comes from. The other part of that is we don't go on 12-step calls. We should not tell ourselves how noble it is because we're doing it. We're saving our ass here. There I go swearing again. Swear, swear jar gets another buck. Uh, the meaning of 12-step work cannot be measured in money. And we have received... Um, ad and we traditionate and we have received advance paid for it and coined for far greater worth our very lives is the payment of working with others we get to live and that is uh, what, 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 what kind of a price do you put on yourself we get to live I know a lot of people who didn't get to live. In all the years that I've been in Alcoholics Anonymous, and here he goes with all the years. <laughs> but I've seen people die. Horribly. Bleeding out in elevators going up to 2R North. Never got to stay sober. Selling me a car and, next and giving a lead because he only had a month to live. I've seen so many things of people who never got the opportunities that I got. And God called them home. The things that I've seen are beyond my comprehension sometimes. And so, Dr. Bob, in his ultimate wisdom, wrote a letter on, on the tradition. The AA who hides his identity from, other, from fellow AAs by using only a given name violates the tradition just as much as the AA who permits his name to appear in the press in connection with matters pertaining to AA. And that's from Dr. Bob. So we can't be um, anonymous to each other. But we can't make money off it. You can make money off it if you're hired by professionals. But you can't take the AA name with you. I mean, if you work in a rehab or, or uh, whatnot, they hired you because you know a little bit about alcoholism, that's fine. That's, uh, that's okay. But if you're walking down, up and down the State Street, I like State Street, and you're saying, hey, you want to get sober? Give me a hundred bucks. Then you're breaking the tradition. You know? So, and a lot of times, even though we don't endorse um, places like uh, rehabs and that, we do take people there because they need medical attention more than what we can give. We're not doctors. You know, we, we like to play doctor sometimes, but, <laughs> but we're not doctors. And so, anonymity to me is a spiritual thing. 
very spiritual. Um, the best gift that we have in Alcoholics Anonymous from God is humility. And humility is only us being at a right level. It doesn't mean we're way up here and we're better than everybody and we're not the shit we think we are. We're not way down here thinking I'm a horrible person. We're somewhere in the humility range. This is me. That's good enough. It's good enough. I like being me today. I'm a pretty cool guy. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> I like the people, the people that um, I hang out with in, uh, in uh, AA. Uh, are, we're all kind of like-minded, whether we golf or we do things together, whatever we do together. But all of AA, I really like. I do. You know, at my home group, everybody hugs and says they love each other. Because we do. It's our family. We really do. And, and it's, it's important, especially for newcomers to come in. We don't just grab them and say, I love you. <laughs> That'll shake them out the door quick. But we, tell, we give them a warm handshake and we tell them, welcome. You know, um, the things we have to keep out of the program is, is um, sayings and things from uh, uh, rehabs and stuff like that, and intermix them in with a uh, uh, speak, so to say, so to say. Um, and so, you know, I hear people say, "90 meetings in 90 days." I don't ascribe to that. That's a rehab thing. What I say is you have family. Talk to them. If you want to stay home, talk to them. That's okay. What I want to say is uh, you don't have to go to church for appearances. You can just come to an AA meeting. If eventually you want to get into that, fine. I don't tell them to go to marriage counseling. I don't tell them what to do. Well, all I do is say, you know, come to a meeting. We keep the simpler we keep this thing, the better. The more complicated we get, uh, the worse it seems to be. Um, if you're, if you're, um, see, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I also realize that there are people in here who are very intelligent. They're very above board. This may, they might want to get into the hierarchy of AA more than what I'm at. And that's okay too. That's we need you guys. You know, if you feel that, you know, you can handle that responsibility, do it because we need you guys. You know, but if you need to drag somebody out from under a porch on Parade Street, I'm your guy. That's all. That's all I do. You know, but I'm, I'm in boardrooms or stuff like that. I'm not your guy. You know, so. I think I'm going to shut up before I get in deep. I see Scott's still with us, so. <laughs> and he's Pittsburghers. Thank you. Oh, Kevin, thank you very much for uh, having me do this. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on these traditions, but. We're my favorite. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. So now if you have a question for Jim, go ahead and raise your hand and we'll get you the microphone. Good evening, Jim. My name is John. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, John. Um, for my home group here, maybe six months ago, we, we had the occasion of one of the rehabs brought a, a group of people to our meeting. and. We were a little overwhelmed at the time. We, we, I think we had a, a dozen visitors and plus the driver. And, and like you said, we, we would have appreciated to get around and shake everybody's hands to, to welcome them, but we just didn't. Um, we haven't seen them since. Now, is it the occasion of all of the rehabs to know where the meetings are and, and to take people out? Or has Central Committee or World Service has gone around and told rehabs not to do that anymore. It was a one-time occasion. 
Uh, no, basically, it's your whatever your home group decides. You know, you can you're autonomous, so you can decide who you want. You know, if if you're, I I believe your group's very small. Yes, so it is. Yes. When they bring twelve people in, you know, it's like when I used to do the prison meeting. You know, there was two of us, and there'd be forty prisoners, and they'd run in, and they'd start filling their pockets up with sugar because that they wanted that sugar. You could tell who the Alkies were, you know. And sometimes the message didn't get out because there was, we were overwhelmed, you know. And it happened at our home group a few times, so one of our uh, older members called that rehab and asked, you, you, you can still come to our meetings, just don't bring the whole shooting match, you know. You know, just, you know, whatever, I don't remember what it was, but we could do, so. And we, we tried to receive them very warmly, sure. and I think everything went well. It's just, they haven't come back, and we don't know why, and the door's open. Mm hmm Let that better cookies. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Uh-oh. Um, Le Leslie Alcoholic. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts on, on these traditions, and... Uh, one thing, it is a comment, it's really not a question, but as far as staying anonymous between ourselves, I, I want to particularly thank you for that. I didn't, I, I kind of knew it was Dr. Bob, but I, I, I might have forgotten it, but I'd heard it plenty. And what I want to share specifically in backing you up, because in, in our current meeting world, we seem to do a whole lot of first names and last initials, even when we're on meetings with each other, or in meetings with each other. And here's my point, finally. At long last, my point. <laughs> I have, over the years, anniversary cards signed by people like we do, you know, mm -hmm. wishing me happy anniversary over the years, one by one. And some of these people are no longer with us. But on those old anniversary cards, and I mean from my first maybe five years or so in AA, it would be first name, last name. And what it would do, then I'd remember that person. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen so-and-so. Oh my gosh, I heard that one passed away. And in my more recent ones, you know, I get these things and it's John B and Mary C and I'm thinking, who the hell is this? You know, it doesn't, to me, it, it took away something of our connectedness that I, I couldn't identify. So I want to specifically thank you for sharing that. I have um, a funny story about that. Okay. I was invited to a wedding I got the invitation, and it had, like you said, John B. and Mary C., and I'm thinking, who the hell is that? So we never went to the wedding. And uh, a month or two later, ran into so-and-so, and they go, it was a good wedding, blah, I said, what wedding? And we invited you. Didn't know, I didn't know, you know? I didn't know. And I pro I pro it was my fault. I probably should have tried to figure it out, but I tried and I wasn't sure. And we're still good friends today, you know. But uh, yeah, we should not be anonymous to each other. It's, um, you know, uh, when, you, when you go to a, a conference or you go to uh, different venues and they, they have tapers and they tape things and, you know, you want their whole name, so you could say, "Yeah, I heard that." You know, if if uh, you say, "I want to hear Jim B." Um, Kevin and I discussed this. He might have three Jim Bs. Who knows? And so, might be the wrong one. So, yeah, we need to know who we are. Um, Bill Wilson talked about that too. He said, uh, in the beginning, uh, people came into AA didn't even use their own names. Um, they you know, and uh, eventually over time, the meetings opened up where they started allowing uh, uh, police officers in to get a little education, um, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, things like that, so that the outside world would know what we do. The more mysterious we are, the more they're going to probe, they're gonna, and they'll come up with their own crap. But we're pretty transparent to the world now. 
They know what, what we are about. And they've been very cooperative as far as using our name for public uh, thing. You get the occasional uh, one with a movie star or whatever. And, uh, um, but that, that's bound to happen, no matter what, you know. So, uh, yeah, we, um, we can't not know who we are. It just doesn't work. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean we go and shout out to the world, you know. But, uh, yeah. Thank you. Gretchen Tome, alcoholic. <laughs> Finally, I know your last well, name. No, and I'm going to be very honest in this because kind of that's what I do. Okay. <clears throat> and it has to do with this idea of anonymity. Um, twofold. One of the things that I was taught is that part of the anonymity is not so much about disclosing my name or not disclosing my name, um, but as you had read, it's a personal choice. And <clears throat> that it's along the lines of, because when I first came in, I was, I was more impressed by somebody with stature or status mm -hmm. than not. So the anonymity piece of it was, I don't need to share with you what my profession is, what I do for a living, you know, what I come from, or any of that. Because quite frankly, we're all on the same level. We're all drunks. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the pieces of anonymity that I understand. Because then I'm listening to your spiritual message and not caught up in, because when I get here I'm selfish and self-centered and all I think about is, oh, well, you know, Jim's this and maybe he can give me a job or maybe he can put me in touch with or, you know, and so my motives are not pure mm -hmm. in why I'm here. That's what I was taught about that portion of the anonymity. <clears throat> the other thing with regard to the disclosure of my name, um, I will be very frank. I mean, I work in an industry that, <laughs> you know, it would not be very favorable if people were walking around sharing that I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I am very protective of my anonymity. Mm -hmm. um, also because I have had people approach me, and not that I'm unwilling to disclose because enough that people here will tell you that I do, but this kind of brings me to this attraction rather than promotion as well because in order for the newcomer to understand the anonymity, they need those of us with time like you and thank you for everything you've shared. But they need people like you with time to share the message of anonymity so they understand it. But if I'm in meetings and people that have been around aren't sharing, because I'll be honest with you, I've been in a lot of meetings lately, the people with time pass. Mm -hmm. And so who's the newcomer learning from? to learn about anonymity. And I guess I just am asking for what your thoughts are on all of that. Well, I can, I've had some uh, things happen over the years where anonymity has been my greatest savior. I coached um, a whole bunch of different teams in Mill Creek. And um, a lot of these people where it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You, you've gone through it, you know. And I always kept my anonymity. Nobody knew. It was nobody's business. But if they would have found out, I probably would have lost my coaching job. Because that's kind of how they are. They're very... I lived in a well-to-do neighborhood with a lot of uppity-ups. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm just a shop rat, so, you know, I got I had to protect myself. And uh, I, I've been, a, um, I've had two authors approach me about doing my life story. 
after I spoke to the NFL in uh, in uh, Ohio and I asked my sponsor um, should I do that because this guy calls me up and he says oh you this would help so many young people blah blah because I was young and the NFL players that I spoke to were all young they didn't know anything about AA it was new and in fact Cleveland was one of the first teams that started uh, meetings um, when I asked my sponsor about it, he said, no, crushed me. It crushed me. I wanted to be important. I wanted people to know who I was. And AA works, damn it. And if you follow me, you'll be fine. And he said I would be drunk. And so I didn't do it. The first time, and then the second time, I didn't even have to call him. I had with a different author and then I um, I just told him no so that's where anonymity saved my butt because uh, you put me on if you put me on a pedestal you know it's a long way down and it hurts I don't want to fall down there like I said I, I'd rather be in the trenches with you guys and uh, no matter uh, you know it was harder because um, I, I had nothing and I came from nothing, you know. And then I would see other people come into the program and, uh, man, they were getting their lives back together and things were going good. And it took me a long, slow, took me like 14 years to pay off my, my bill at the hospital, you know, 10 bucks a month or 5 bucks a month. And because um, we didn't have much. And uh, I, I could have instantly had something, but you know, I thought I had a good sponsor. You know, he he kept me on the straight and narrow. Thank you. Yep. <coughs> One minute. Hi, <laughs> Sherry, alcoholic. I, I just have a question. One of the things that I understood about the question of anonymity and, and being who we are or is, is that the risk is if something with, someone with a great notoriety or, or whatever has a fall, how, you know, how does that help the alcoholic and, and our program and our survival? So. Alcoholics Anonymous is so sacred to me that if I was to go on television and then I would fall, it would crush me. Because I know I would be hurting the program. I would not want to hurt the program. Because it helps so many people around the world. That was just my understanding. That, yeah. that was the reason why we really need to promote right. who we are. Right. Exactly. Well, I know what you mean, how they can find it. They don't know your last name. Mm -hmm. Alright. Thanks, Jim. Yep. You got this letter certificate for you. Oh, you're not going to know who any of us are. <laughs> 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 so thank you, Jim. Um, next week. Um, in case you didn't know it, Kevin's favorite speaker, Gretchen Tome, is going to be starting off <laughs> discussing steps one and two. So be here for be here for Gretchen next week. Do we have any other announcements for membership? Tomorrow night, the District 32 will be holding a GSR meeting on Staratini Alliance Church. We'll be starting at 6:30 for tomorrow night's meeting. Nice job. Trevor Angolic, if you happen to be going tomorrow to Back to Basics in Fairview, um, we're going to be meeting in the Ramada, uh, weather permitting, so we're in the chair if you wish. Okay. 9 a.m. It's kind of early for some. Any other announcements? If not, we close this meeting with the serenity prayer. God. God.
the home is in, and then probably that time.
than more right side dogs. Yeah, typically you're one side dog. Yeah, but when I have my stroke, I exaggerate that. And so when more dominant, much more dominant on the right side. I mean, I'm right handed to start with. But now it's, you know, it's funny. I started playing down for less. And we run down the peninsula. And they wouldn't let me go on the right side because I was beer. Would you stop? They're afraid I was going to go right into the back. Well, I correct the bathroom. But what happens is I just use my right side more. So my right calf works a lot harder than my right side. You're on your own Everything by eight, yeah. but it's dark. So we had a seven hour hike back to our spike fish. So we were a little nervous about possibly running into the bushes. Thank God we didn't. We didn't get back to our spike camp until three in the morning. Yeah, but you're carrying a rifle. Yeah, I know, but it's fucking pitch black. Yeah. A thousand oh, miles oh, yeah. from anyone. Oh, what time that's annoying? There's, you know, you're you brand new places. Big, oh, really? <laughs> you're out of the wall? Yeah, it's a hell of an experience, and I'm happy I did it now. Where's the podium? Because I just back there. I swear, well, the older you, the older. My, 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 I always ruined it. Before you can't, and now you know, I'm all white. I've got health issues and stuff. You know, I like, I, I know physically it would be damn near. Well, I went up there with five guys. A guy from Alberta, a dude from Wyoming, and two guys from Hungary. 
out of five of us, four would go with the priority. I was the only one to get a go. Three of the other hunters were in the camp, half hour flight away, and another guy got 